Create Out Loud is brought to you by Anchor.fm. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast so you can, yes, create out loud. It's free. They give you tools so you can record easily on your phone or your computer. They'll distribute the podcast for you. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started. Because, yeah, I want you to create out loud. Presence, creative freedom, creative joy. Those are all words I would describe Morgan Harper Nichols, poet, musician, author, and artist, and Instagram phenom. How does Morgan create out loud? Well, interestingly, 13-year-old girls play an important role. Husbands being right play an important role. Leaving freelance work that looked really good plays an important role. And an incredible amount of gratitude and maybe most of all, being present. Listen in while Morgan Harper Nichols helps us create out loud. Morgan, when I listen to your interviews... You are so full of something that just, it it brings tears to my eyes. It feels Mm. like it's, I'm thinking it's creative freedom or creative joy or creative permission, but do you feel that? Do you hear it when you listen to yourself or feel it when you're creating? (laughs) Oh, wow. No, not at all. (laughs) I wish, I wish I could hear what other people heard. (laughs) I don't know. I, I think a lot of it probably has to do with my music background, actually, because Music teaches you, I mean, every facet from being in the studio to live music. It's very much so being in sync with what everything else is going on, being in sync with all the other instruments, the people. And I'm very present, I would say, (laughs) but I I don't think it's natural. I don't think I just like, I think I really do think it was being in music. If you zone out for two seconds, you're going to miss the beat and (laughs) the whole song could be out. And unfortunately, I know that from personal experience. I (laughs) I used to tour with my sister, actually, and I was playing in her band and there was this I play acoustic guitar and there's a song where I started and the count is starting in my ear like one, two, three, four. And sometimes if I checked out the whole song (laughs) would be off and we spent the whole song trying to get caught up. I really do think that that has taught me how to just be present, just, you know, whoever I'm talking to, whoever I'm interacting with, it's like, let's, you know, just kind of play off of what they're doing, what they're saying, and then kind of a dialogue conversation happens from there. So, Be present. So easy to just scoff at that or go, well, of course. But how often is some notification going off or someone yelling for us or internally we're saying to ourselves, oh, but first I got to go do X, start dinner, text my kid back, pay the bill, make the doctor's appointment. How often are we not present to ourselves and our creative ideas? And why is that? I think it's because we're afraid. We're afraid they won't be good enough. We're afraid we won't be good enough. And because things don't happen fast enough for our little minds. Be present. Don't miss the beat. That's it. It's present. And the other thing I find fascinating about what you just said is it came out of a discipline that Mm -hmm. you practice and learn from a very young age and then perform. So I just want to bag up for a second Because you also tell this great story about getting your first adult job and you're going to be, you're a college admissions counselor at the college you went to, and this is it. You're going to (laughs) adult and you're going to get a salary. I remember that moment for myself. And then everything changes. And can you take us into that moment? And was it scary? And then how did it lead to you becoming a a musical performer? Yeah. So I grew up in a very creative family. Uh, My parents are, are also 
were also ministers. So a lot of their creativity was kind of in that context. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, my dad would preach, but he also played drums. And my mom, same thing. Like she would preach and she'd also was an interior, interior designer and would like paint murals. And it was very just integrated into their lives. They never had like I mean, at least while I was a kid, (laughs) they didn't have any like career of like, I'm an artist or musician Mm -hmm. type thing, but it was just kind of integrated into their lives. So I think that was kind of how I assumed creativity would be for me. I'm just like, okay, it's, it'll show up when it shows up, but I probably should get a regular job. And, (laughs) and the interesting thing was, is that my mom, very specifically, I remember I was already registered. I think I even had a roommate at this point. And my mom was like, you know, you don't have to go to college, right? Society makes it seem like you have to, but you don't have to if you don't want to. <laughs> I was like, no, I want to go. I'm going to be a responsible adult. I want to go. <laughs> I didn't get a lot of what well, I think a lot of people get from their parents of like exact oh, opposite, I, right? Yes, you better so, go. You better figure out how you're going to yes, take care of yourself. That creativity you can do on Saturday <laughs> afternoons. Exactly. My mom, especially, she was just more vocal, but my dad, they're all both on the same page. We're like, yeah, you don't have to do that. Like, you can just, you have gifts. You can be creative, be an artist, be a musician. But I was just like, no. I'm going to put some parameters around this thing. I have a grown child and she is very responsible. Oh my gosh, that girl is responsible and has what I call straight job. And her father and I both have had creative careers our whole lives and and Mm -hmm. freelance. and, And we, I think, did great, but there was lots of uncertainty. So was your choice to get that first job in response to your parents' uncertainty and financial I think so. Struggles. Yeah. Pastors aren't exactly known for, uh, <laughs> and because they're breaking our, in the dough. <laughs> our parents, ha- like my parents had like a hundred people in the church. So it was like, not like, <laughs> like a mega church at all. So yeah, that was a thing. And I, I do think that I was just sort of, I got to figure out like how to create something steady and stable. stable. I don't know what that is. And cause I, I knew my parents, they love what they did, but I was just like, I don't know what I love to do. But I just hope that it can pay the bills. Um, <laughs> that was just kind of my mindset around it. Then yeah. the job that you got, they moved and you didn't yeah. want to go or couldn't go. So then what was that moment like? Yes. Was that really frightening? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. So I, I graduated and I did manage to get a job right out of college, <laughs> which at the time I graduated, that was special because I graduated and that I was it was 2010. And that was when a lot of millennials were really struggling to find work. And I had an English degree and I got a job and I was so excited. And it was at the university that I graduated from. After about a year of working there, the campus was expanding and my particular position was moving across the state. I could not afford to move with it. I was an entry-level employee. I got married and we had just bought a house. I remember very clearly like my coworkers like, oh yeah, we're selling our house and we're going to buy a new house like out there at the new, new location. And I was just like, we just got a house. Like we spent all like every dollar we had. <laughs> it's like, we don't got a house. We can't buy a new house. My husband was still in school at the time and working in retail. So we just decided we're like, well, we got to figure something else out. And at that exact time that was happening, uh, my sister, who was still in college also, had started touring and doing music. <laughs> she, had, she had gotten on YouTube and she was very early on YouTube. When YouTube first started, she was there doing comedy sketches, songs, parody songs, everything. Both creative, but she's just way more like she just has it together way faster than I do. So she was doing all this stuff and that led her to getting booked on conferences. And she was like 18, 19 years old. I actually just ended up going on the road with her. 
And then my husband actually did too. So he became her tour manager. And I started to just do various things on the road, whether I was playing in her band or I was, I don't know, all kinds of stuff. (laughs) And then that ended up, that was how I ended up in the music industry. I don't know how other people get into the music industry. I was just hanging out with my sister. (laughs) I love that story because sometimes I think when we're on the outside looking in at a very successful career like yours and, and the impact that you're having and the amount of followers that you impact and help and you know, we think there was a plan. And sometimes there <laughs> is. And and yet so often in these interviews, what I hear is, well, then this happened and I followed this or I listened to mm-hmm. that. And did you love making music? Did you love being on the road? I loved making music. I still love making music, but I always struggle with the performance aspect of it and the, the touring aspect of it. That to me was always, okay, if you love music and you want to continue making it, this is what you have to do so that you can do that. Ultimately, it just ended up wearing on me. After doing that for about five years, I was kind of entering my late 20s. And and I, it's funny because I used to try to tell the story in a more poetic way, but it's just not that. It was just financially hard to sustain. <laughs> I love that you said that. I love that you're honest about that because that's, again, something I want people to get from the show is how do we do these lives financially? Yeah. And so often that's obscured. Dance around the questions of how are you actually paying the bills? And to mm-hmm. say both this wasn't sustainable for me from the kind of person I am and the kind of way I want to live my life, but also it's not sustainable financially. So then that puts you kind of back in the same pickle. What yeah. happened then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I went into a really low place. I felt like I had just let, let everybody down. Like, let your family down and your sister yeah, down. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And even just the, the other people along the way who had supported me in my music, because even though I wasn't like some famous artist and there are a lot of opportunities I did not get, there are still people who I have still made sure I've thanked them because I'm like, you didn't have to support me. You didn't have to pass my demo along. You didn't have to do that. And you did. And I'm so grateful for all those people <laughs> who saw me when I was a quote unquote nobody and still wanted to. I'm like, no, I see something here. I want to support you. I felt like I let them down too. I had a tough time in the music industry. And at the same time, there are some really great people who told us they like I said, I've stayed in touch with and have been were so wonderful at at trying to help me in whatever way they could. And I just felt like I was letting everybody down, (laughs) like anyone who had ever supported me, just letting myself down because, wow, I wasn't trying to have a creative career. And then I did the brave thing. I did the courageous thing. Right. You did the thing that everybody. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to go on tour for years? And and I ended up getting a record deal, getting a songwriting deal, all these things, which sound so glamorous and amazing. And I have nothing to show for it. Because I don't like the spotlight, I was okay with like not being famous. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That happens, it happens. I, I mean, I don't say this to, like, to be weird or whatever, but like I've been around enough famous people to know I'm like, yeah, I don't have the energy level. <laughs> right. Whoa. I don't, I don't know how you do it. So I was just very much like, I'm not after A-lister, A-lister fame. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I would like to just know that rent's going to be paid. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm aiming for here. I would like to have health care. Is that too much to ask? Yeah, it was just a lot of that and just so frustrating. And at that point, my husband and I both were just doing tons of like independent contractor freelancer work, just trying to just do whatever. As musicians, independent. Yeah, yeah. So he's not a musician. So his was either business side on doing still doing some tour managing stuff. And he also has like a, a construction background. So he knows how to do that too. At one point, 
because just along the way, I learned the Adobe Suite, Photoshop, Illustrator, <laughs> and all those things. And I was on the website Fiverr.com designing logos for $5. And wow. <laughs> I literally- those, I, those people know how lucky they are to have that logo now. <laughs> <laughs> like, the only one I can remember is I designed a logo for a baseball blog, which is just so <laughs> random and funny. I'm just kind of proud of it. I wish I could find it. I think even the account I had, I didn't even use my real name because I was just like, I'm just going to like hustle over here yeah. and just, it's not. $5 logos, you kind of need a lot of those. Yeah, it was really, I, get, I, I, got, I got the picture. Yeah. It's so easy to look at someone like Morgan and think that she's been at this level of success forever. And I'm so glad that she shared so honestly what a long, twisty journey it's been. And how many of you have been there? Like, oh yeah, I could get this big contract, but I can't actually make it work. And coming up with different business models, coming up with new ways to see what's possible for ourselves, it's as integral to what we do as whatever it is we create. And we forget that. I, I forget that. Maybe you don't, but I forget it. And I think that, you know, the really good people, the really lucky people, the really talented people, they don't have to do this kind of reinvention. So I'm thankful for this story from Morgan because it reminds me that reinventing the business part, seeing my business model with new eyes is, is just part of being creative. What, was there one moment when you looked at your husband or looked at yourself and went, it, it's not working? Yeah, it got that way. And it was November of 2016. And oh, November, never a good month to have oh. those. <laughs> <laughs> it was, oh, and it was a cold, rainy night. I mean, it was actually hailing out. It was one of those nights. And I was just spent that whole year doing $5 logos, singing background vocals, doing all, all kinds of things. And I was just like, I am so exhausted. I'm so tired. I'm so burnt out and I have nothing to show for it. And I just like broke down in tears and I'm, I'm not much of a crier. I just let it all out. I ended up writing a poem about it. It's interesting because in the moment, I don't even really think I believed what the poem said. And the first part says, when you start to feel like things should have been better this year, remember the mountains and valleys that brought you here. You're wrapped in endless, boundless grace. There's more to you than yesterday. I hadn't written a poem in years. It was just such a moment of like, I'm not even sure if I really believe that yet. <laughs> I just want to say that if you are thinking, I want a moment like that where a poem comes out of me or a short story or a scene for a novel or where I could pick up that project I put down six months ago, a year ago, five years ago, consider coming to one of my magical, transformational, truly world-famous writing retreats held in Taos and locations elsewhere a couple of times a year. They are truly, deeply magical. You will get the self-care that you need, the time to listen to what wants to come through you, and the support in so many ways and so many levels to trust yourself in the words that want to come and to craft those words with greater courage. You can always find information at jenniferloudon.com and just click on retreats. You'll see right there in the nav bar. But it just felt like it had to come out. It just felt like those are the words that just had to come out. I I took a picture of it and then I put it on Pinterest. I was going to put it on Instagram, but I was just like, I don't know, too many people are going to see see it there. Um, <laughs> and at the time, I wasn't really, I was just using Pinterest for personal use. I uploaded it on Pinterest and then it was that following January that I ended up finding out that it had been repinned over 100,000 times. <sighs> and that was the moment where, yeah, that kind of changed everything. <laughs> yeah. Because what, what, what is it about though? Because so many of us could have that moment and panic. 
mm-hmm. have that moment and go, well, what does that mean? <laughs> what was it about your insight into that moment that, that made you go, oh, here's something I can start to build? Oh, yes, I can. So what you just said, that's what happened. My first reaction was, <laughs> okay, things go viral all the time. Like, and they mean nothing. Not, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, what does that even mean? Okay. I, I really didn't take it as like a sign of like, oh my gosh, do something with this. And I think probably because I had had maybe not viral moments, but I had had enough moments like that already in music where it was like, you have something really exciting happen. Like, like I got to sing on stage at like the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville. And it's like these cool things. It's like, whoa, but it's not like a trajectory. (laughs) Wow, (laughs) I did that. And that was it. So I think there was definitely some of that skepticism there of just like, okay, what does that even mean? What broke me out of it though, was I started to read the Instagram DMs from people who had found that poem. What just brought me to the ground was I'm talking like 14-year-olds, 16-year-olds, just sharing what they were going through and saying, this is how this poem spoke to me. Yeah, that just really humbled me. It was... It brings tears to my eyes again. It's just, it's immediately, it's service, it's mission, it's connection, it's whatever word you want. I think something that can get so empty in the creative life is when we don't have a reason to create. Mm. For some people, it's not other people. It's the curiosity or the problem solving. But Mm. there's always something that has to draw us forward. Absolutely. All of the things that had kept me kind of cynical and down, they were all like, things about me like well what does this do for my career but it was like when I saw it as like oh wait a second it's not about me (laughs) like this is not about me that changed everything and I think that the fact that they were I mean it was a lot of like young girls young teenage girls sharing this with me all this time I've been trying to make music or make art that can be either seen or respected by my peers or people that I look up to I've never really talked about this much and I I think that there might may have been some subtle things there too there's a whole stigma and I've seen people talk about this from like all the way back to the Beatles and it may even predate that of like there's always a stigma around things that teenage girls like people are like if a teenage girl likes something oh that's cheesy boy bands cheesy right it's pink it's cheesy yeah but let me just say it's true about women too and let me say it's true about middle-aged women which you are not but I am like you're so right I think it 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 is we are not cool anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's interesting how it kind of takes takes on these different weird things when women are at different ages. You're so right. I kind of internalized. I wasn't even thinking about, okay, how can you just speak to your younger self? Why why are you so worried about trying to impress people in the industry? Like, just speak to what you needed when you were 16, when you were 14. I just want to say hallelujah. That just gave me chills all over. Mm. I have struggled so much in my creative life with shoulds. Wanting to impress people and starting when I went to film school and wanted to make cool indie films. That to me is pure gold, what Morgan just said. Where do we overlook someone who we may be the perfect fit for because they don't fit our idea of who we're supposed to serve or who's cool enough? Or where are we trying to please someone else and jump through their hoops and losing ourselves like Reese Palmer talked about in her interview? Or where are we trying to please the gatekeepers in ways that are killing us or killing our creativity? Who am I overlooking? Who am I dismissing? And and what inner work do we have to do so that we can see what's in front of our face? Oh, and then Morgan's going to talk in a little bit about 
the people around her, all of these fans on Instagram who wanted to support her and how she was looking away from them to the more difficult freelance work. And so that's another thing. Who's right in front of you who wants to support you? Are you asking? Are you letting it in? Are you giving them something to buy? So, wow. So was it hard for you then to just go, these are my people? Did you feel like uncool doing it? Or were you, <laughs> yes, I'm embracing this. I, I feel like I have the perfect story for that, that really just sort of like how I just kind of owned it and leaned into it. So what I started doing was in 2017, I started just because I was noticing that when I was getting these DMs, I was like, whatever this is, like, this is what is inspiring me to create in a way that I haven't been inspired in years because <laughs> I had just become kind of jaded, honestly, and, and just sure. tired and cynical. And and you're you're out there producing, producing, producing. Yeah, and sometimes just, it's more yeah. than you can actually bring out of your heart and soul. Yeah, exactly. So you're right. And I was just so drained. And for whatever reason, when, I, when I'm talking one-on-one with people, which honestly, it was actually similar to the times where I had been on tour. And after a show, if I got to talk to someone one-on-one, I was like, those moments are so special to me. And that's what inspires me. I started doing in 2017, I literally just started making artwork in response to DMs. So I just respond with poetry and art. I started doing that. And it was interesting because I I remember one time this guy on Twitter, which I feel like you start a story of like this guy on Twitter. (laughs) Probably (laughs) you kind of can tell where this is going. (laughs) But this guy on Twitter was like, oh my gosh, Morgan Harper Nichols stuff. It sounds the same. It's so cheesy or whatever. And he was highlighting this one piece that I wrote. And I looked at it and I was just like, of course, it doesn't make sense to you. I wrote that for an eighth grade girl. (laughs) I was like, you're like a four year old dude. Yeah, this isn't for you. It's literally not for you. (laughs) Yeah, that is honestly my approach to it. It's because I've spent all this time writing to people one on one. And I still keep that as like a part of my practice. I mean, even though I get so many messages that I won't be able to respond to, Mm -hmm. I see it as like, do for the one person that you wish you could do for everybody. I still try to respond to as many people as I can, because it keeps me grounded. It it just reminds me of like, these are real people. Like they're not just a demographic. Someone asked me, Morgan, what's your demographic? I can tell you, like, I can tell you what the percentages are of who's in my community. I know that information. But on a creative level, (laughs) I'm not thinking that way. I'm just thinking about, okay, who's literally here? And how can I, this person was standing in front of me and we were having a real connection. How can we just connect with one another? I feel like that really is what sustains what I do. Wow, that's beautiful. And then in 2017, you made it more official where people could submit stories to your website and you would create art in response to their stories. And then you would send it to them before you share it publicly Mm -hmm. and all their names and stories are kept private. Did you just, did that just come to you one day? Like, oh, this is working (laughs) and this works for me. It works for them. Let's make it a little more official. It kind of took a minute for me to put it together as mm-hmm. to that's what something do. This was after that poem had been shared. So I was starting to write some more poetry. I was experimenting a little bit with art. I've always loved art, but I'm not trained in art. I didn't have like, I was just trying all kinds of stuff. I mean, literally, I went and bought crayons, spray paint. Like, I was just trying all That's so important, though, that you let yourself experiment. It goes back to that first thing I said about you. There's just something about your work and the way you live that just feels like creative experiment and curiosity and permission. 
I'm even that way in my personal life. I'm very intrigued by just trying new things. And I think a lot of that is just motivated by, I mean, and I feel like this is not a unique story for a lot of people. For most of my adult life, I have struggled financially in some regard, especially, you know, for creatives. That's just, that's the thing. That's that's what happens. It's rare when it's not there. And honestly, right when we got to the point of, we had health insurance, we had a team and we were just like, oh my gosh. So my husband actually runs the the business side of what I do now. And we had just figured that out. Like that took forever to figure that out. <laughs> but we had just figured out like, whoa, we're finally getting somewhere. The pandemic happened right when we felt just like financially secure <laughs> enough to just be like, okay, we can like plan months in advance. This is mm-hmm. amazing. And relax a little bit. Yeah. Once we got to that point, because we had started my online shop, that's when the pandemic happened. And And so it was a trade off of like, okay, now I'm restricted in a new way. I say all that to say, I feel like I've always kind (laughs) of, I always end up having some kind of restriction that holds me back. And I'm like, I've got to get creative. I want to be able to find peace in my everyday, even just on a personal note, I have to get creative. One small example of that is prior to the pandemic, I had gotten really passionate about photography. I just bought a really expensive camera and I was about to try to do more with that and travel a bit more. Obviously that got taken away. So what I started doing now is I've started to get flowers from the grocery store and I photograph them at different stages of their life. Again, even just these bouquets from the grocery store, I mean, no two are the same and all the colors and I'm using those colors in my artwork. All this is happening in my house on my kitchen table. Yes, I would love to go to a mountain somewhere where there's, you know, a carpet of wallflowers just swooping in front of them. But until that day comes, grocery store flowers it is. So I, and I've definitely done this too. I think restrictions, other people don't have restrictions. Other people just get to create, like Morgan gets to just do whatever she wants because she is a successful business and she just goes in her studio. And and so it's really important for us to hear that, yeah, you have built a successful business now and, and there are always going to be restrictions, whether they come from outside mm-hmm. or they come from inside of us. Yeah. And kind of going on that, it's like learning how to see the the restrictions as good. And, and I think that's what happened. Going back to your question about, you know, how did I decide to kind of take this whole concept of writing for people one-on-one? And I would have used the language back then this way, but I really do think it was like, I found a good restriction. <laughs> I found like a good way to kind of create some stakes in my work. that And focus. Yes, yes, yes. If you use the internet in any capacity, oh my gosh, like <laughs> it is incredibly hard to be focused, to stay focused. I recently experimented with this. I took all of my social media off my phone. I only have it on my iPad now. So I'm only using it when I'm sitting at my desk. And still, I was just like, even without social media, (laughs) the amount of notifications, emails, like distractions that come up, it is just endless. Think that we have to get really, really serious about like creating some parameters around. Mm-hmm. There's like something called like the 100 day project, and a lot of people do it. They do it around spring, around right now, actually. And then there's for illustrators, there's Inktober, where there's like a challenge every day. And then October. NaNoWriMo for novels oh, in November. Yes, yes, yes. I used to do NaNoWriMo. Did you? I never yes. made it all the way through. <laughs> I was, I did, but I mean, the novels were not great, but yeah. I did. I know. I did. I did make it through a few times. But I think that those are really good things to to focus. Try, to yeah, just maybe never done that before. And then I think the really good thing that can happen from that is you create your own. And I think that that's what I did. 
okay, I'm going to challenge myself to make something for one person at a time. At the time I decided to go public with that, I think I had somewhere between 10 and 15,000 followers on Instagram. And how many do you have now, my friend? Over a million. <laughs> 1.6 million, I think. 1. And <laughs> I was a latecomer for quote unquote Instagram fame. I mean, 2017, that was seven years into Instagram. We were already at that point, we were already talking about uh, algorithm and the un, when the feed changed from being chronological. Right. That was already happening in 2017. Yeah. And I say that to say because I had I had a realization. I was like, even if I decided that I was going to make something for every single one of my followers, this will take me a lifetime. That's 10,000 people. That's 10,000 people. I said, that's what I'm going to do. One person at a time. Oh. As creative people, we get so overwhelmed and then we don't do anything and we don't create out loud. And yeah. you gave me such a experience of what it would be like to choose something and just be like, yes, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. And I think it's a, a huge part of it is it's realized, and this actually kind of ties into the business part as well for me. And it's so hard for creatives. It's so hard for me. It's hard for you to even say this because I'm like, no, I don't want it to be true. You have to decide, like, I'm not going to be able to get to that other thing or that yes, other thing. You like, do. It's like, I have so many ideas, but that one's just going to have to wait. I might get back to that later or I might not. I don't know. If I want to do this work, I've got to just pick one thing. And it's so, or pick a, you know, a couple of things. It's so hard. I've done that this year already. There were some things that I wanted to do this year and I'm just like, I don't think I have the capacity for it. And I'm really passionate about it. I'm like, it's going to have to wait till 2022 or it's, mm -hmm. I'm just going to look at that later. And it's so hard. It <laughs> is so hard. Saying, I, I'm having I a little panic attack listening to you. <laughs> I hate saying, I really do. Cause I have a lot of ideas. Like I've recently gotten into animation and motion graphics and there's so much that I want to do there. And I'm just like, Oh, I can't do it right now. I have to wait. I have to wait. And that actually ties into the business because for years, my understanding of kind of creative business, unless you were just like, you know, overnight success and you just made millions of dollars somehow. I was like, well, freelance work, that's the way you go. That was sort of my approach. I was just like freelance, freelance, freelance. And then in 2019, I got a really big freelancing opportunity. It could pay rent for two months. And we were like, oh my gosh, like my husband and I were like, this is it. We'll do this. And then we learned about this uh, concept called Nets 90. That means you get paid in 90. Oh, right on. And oh. I did not have enough freelance work to kind of feel every gap. I could budget for 30 days, but 90 days, I was like, whoa, I was really bummed. I still do freelance, like collaborative work with brands and things. I love that. And I was just like, okay, yeah, there's so much I could do with this. And I just want to focus on this and lean into this and just get really creative here. It was my husband who literally said, what if we started an online shop? We sold your art as eight by 10 prints. He was super specific. And I was just like, no, I don't want to do eight by 10 prints. I'm like, if I'm going to do prints, they need to be like this and they need to do this and they need to do that. And, and I need to have all of these other things that I did not have the money for. <laughs> and I was very resistant to it because kind of maybe see myself as an artist. And I was like, oh, there's things I can do and I want to do it this way. So I had to let that go. And, and I was just like, okay, very grudgingly. I was like, all right, we'll just try it. I sent him the files, the art files, and he printed, I think, maybe like a hundred prints. I mean, it was, it was not a large number. Posted about them on my Instagram and they sold out immediately. Oh, and what did that feel like? 
humbling. <laughs> <laughs> humbling? How come humbling? Yeah. Because I was so... Because he was right and you were yes, wrong. Yes, because he's, he's not... Yes. Oh my gosh. It was so it. I'm like, this is my work. I know what to do with it. You don't know. Like, oh my God, that's great. Thing. You don't know what this... You don't know how this works. He doesn't even use Instagram. Like he's he has one, but he's so not in that this world. He talks about social media like someone who is like 95 years old. And I, <laughs> I, I'm not saying that to be like ages or anything i'm just like he's like a millennial i'm like you we grew up with this stuff together we're the exact same age but he is not invested in it at all how could he be the one there's something there about for me let me just just see if this works for you there's something about this the freelance life excuse me the freelance mindset and the creative entrepreneur mindset Mm-hmm. And I know that when the first 15 years of my career, it was get a book deal. It was get media attention. It was get speaking gigs. I very much that sort of freelance hire me and buy my books, but buy my books because all these other people paid attention to me. And and I got so tired of having to be chosen that I wanted to choose myself and create a business that I knew I could pay my bills from. It was a real mindset shift. Did, did that happen for you? Oh my God. Once the store was open, once the husband was right. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It was such a moment of, wow. Okay. Like you said, there is that whole other thing that you just talked about, like the PR, the deals, all that. At the same time, it can also just be so simple. It's just like, there's people out there who they say, I like what you do. And some of those people have the financial means to support. Mm-hmm. And whether it's $10 or like the, the shocking thing was, is that people were buying like multiple prints. So like, I'm buying one for all my friends. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> but thank you. And there were just so many comments of like, I just want to support you. I just want to support you. And I think it's very hard for artists to kind of remember that because a lot of the language that you do here and a lot of what you see is kind of like you said, it's kind of more in that being chosen, like that. That's mm-hmm. where you're going to get the support. You know, when you get that article or when you get that feature or when you get that deal. Okay. Yeah, that can happen. And that's special. But what actually ends up sustaining what I do is just really focusing on how can I serve the people who are already saying, we already like you, you know, we right. already like this. And it's like, yeah, they may not be a, a journalist or a big magazine, or they may not be an acquisition editor. <laughs> They're someone who says, hey, I want to support you, whether it's sharing this with a friend, reposting it or buying something from you. I spend most of my time there. And, you know, thankfully at this point, I have had the opportunity to to sign a book deal. And yes, you have a new book. Is it it out or is it just about to come out? It comes out April 27th. So yes, yes, it comes out next month. And I'm super excited about it. It's just so cool that those things get to happen. And at the same time, though, I'm just so glad that I, I had that moment of realization of, okay, it, it can also just be so simple. You can also figure this thing out without that. And that just gives me a lot of courage to continue. That is still sort of like the the main way that we approach everything that we do. I mean, just this morning before this call, we were just talking about some new products that we're launching in about a month or so. I was just very specific. I'm like, I want to share it this way because I know that people like this about it because this is what people said last year. The feedback we got last year said this. It's all very much so based on what the people say. <laughs> it's led to some really cool opportunities. I mean, I've I've had moments where I've been able to see 
my design on a shirt on a television show. Oh, I saw that on your something Instagram. That, something that Jennifer Love Hewitt wearing my design. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, I literally made that with one person in mind. <laughs> I was That's like, I so literally beautiful. made that just, I didn't know it was going to be Jennifer Love Hewitt wearing it. So I didn't make it with her in mind. I made it with someone else in mind. But that's the beautiful thing about it is that it ends up connecting with other people in other different ways and a million different ways that can go. So I know one of the questions people are going to have right now is how are you balancing the business mm-hmm. and what products to make and being on Instagram and being so public on Instagram? I mean, you came out not too long ago to talk about being diagnosed as autistic yeah, and got 4,000 plus comments. And I just had a vulnerability hangover for you. Can I say? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. That but is how the you, phrase. How do you balance that? Like, can you just take us into, you know, not yes. a little bit of the day, what the mm-hmm. day looks like. And you have a, a young child. I do. I do. A son. I, I have a lot of help. Over the past three weeks ago, maybe about a month ago now, I actually, so we have someone on our team who her name's Sydney and she does marketing and social media stuff. There's so much that goes into that. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> she's in mailing list, Facebook, like there's so much. I had been primarily responsible for posting on my TikTok, my Instagram and my Twitter, mostly those three. And I realized that I was like, I think I need help with this. <laughs> so just over the past month, I've actually wow. started to send that to her. And I, and I had a hard time even asking her to do that because I was like, she already has so much on her plate. Like, I don't want to add to it. She actually is way faster at it than me <laughs> because she's more focused in that. And also I'm way more critical of my own work. So there's so many times where I'll go to share something and then I'm like, oh, I don't like that crop. Let me go back and change it. And I'll spend 20 minutes on some little detail that I could have just left alone. <laughs> right. So, so having she's someone, speeding those things up for you. Yeah, you're, so having you're out of the that, process. Yeah. So having someone who I know is waiting to to share like, like, Hey, I'm waiting to post this. That really kind of puts the pressure on me. Like, okay, get rid of the perfectionism and send it off. And then from there, I mostly now am engaging on social media from either my computer or my tablet, mostly my computer actually. So you can't post to Instagram directly from your computer, but you can respond to comments and DMs. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier. Yes. So much easier. And I just find it less kind of all consuming, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes just the way specifically Instagram comment structure is set up and on the phone, it kind of just feels so like, I don't know how to explain it. It just feels so crowded, small. Yeah. It's hard to kind of just for me to be there like in the best way that I can. For me, I'm able to kind of sit here at my computer and say, okay, I'm going to open up the Instagram tab and I'm just going to respond. You know, Sydney posted that post an hour ago. I'm going to go just respond to like three people or five people. And then I got to go do something else. (laughs) And yeah, that's been working. So that's been new. That's been new, actually. So creating Um, some new systems and help. Not having social media on my phone right now is really helping me kind of not focus on it as much. There is sort of like, and I definitely want to say this too, because I think it's something a lot of creative struggle with. It's when you get to a point of where your art or your creativity in some way has become your business, like the sort of pressure of like, oh my gosh, I got to like stay relevant. I've got to be on all the apps. I've got to do all the dances or whatever. And that pressure is just, it's so amplified (laughs) in ways that it just shouldn't be. So having that removed, it just kind of reminds me of, yes, 
that my social media presence has been a huge part of what I've been able to create, but it's more about that I've been able to create a consistent message that I've just been sharing consistently every day. It's not because I've kept up with every trend or I've been the earliest to every app. Like I said, I was not early on Instagram. I'm not, I wasn't early on any of these apps, even TikTok. Now I'm on TikTok, but I'm not trying to like, like there's so much like, okay, use the popular songs and make Mm -hmm. sure, you know, your thumbnails. I'm not doing any of that. I just share what's consistent, like what feels right for me to share. And sometimes I do really well and sometimes they don't, but I'm not wanting to pressure myself to keep up with every little thing. Like I think that there is a way that we can be present on these platforms and be consistent and be consistent with showing up to the people in our community without having to go with every little Character around by whatever the platforms come up with that day. Yeah. It's way too much to keep up with. It is. And it it takes you away from everything you've been talking about in this mm -hmm. interview which is being that of service to those individual people and reaching out to them. So that's honestly my main focus with social media. It's like when I am there, I'm focused on talking to people. So I'm focused on even if it's just five comments that I'm responding to. Same with TikTok. Like I don't use TikTok regularly just as like a consumer. But when I am on there, I just go right to my latest post and I go right to the comment section. And I'm just like, let me just see what people are actually saying. And then that kind of gives me feedback on, you know, what I continue to create. So, so it becomes a yes. becomes a channeled <laughs> feedback loop. How how much time a week do you spend in the studio creating, you know, without interruption? Yeah. I typically wake up pretty early. I have a 21 month old oh, baby. <laughs> baby. And um yeah, that sleep schedule changes a lot. Um it's <laughs> But I have found that, okay, well, I'm ending up being awake early in the morning. (laughs) I typically spend from, so sometimes it's literally starts at 4 a.m. And then I spend like at least eight hours before noon in the office. Wow. So four hours before noon. And I say before noon because afternoon, I'm just done. My brain is just shuts off. That's great though. Even saying that is so beneficial because so many times we try to push against the way we're built or our energy levels. I know sometimes for me, it's about 3 p.m. And and I'll be like, oh, you should work far. You should look leader. And I'm be like, yeah. And what's the point of that? <laughs> yeah, I, I love the quiet of the morning. I mean, it's mm. and I mean, I'm a morning person, but it's still hard to wake up in the morning. Like I still feel a little groggy. It's not mm-hmm. like I just wake up with all this energy. But um, I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's quieter in the morning. I'm able to kind of focus and that's something that was that was new to becoming a parent. I I didn't really notice that about myself that I needed that quiet time until mm-hmm, you know, until you couldn't have it. Yeah, until the house <laughs> got a little louder. So um now what we do, I'm so grateful because I live near my parents and my son actually goes to my parents on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday during the day. So that's nice. So some days he's there to like three. So there are some days where like on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, where I'll kind of go a little bit past noon, but yeah, Tuesdays and Thursdays at noon, what like my husband and I will switch off. So that's when he'll kind of have his time afternoon and then I'll watch our son. So yeah, it's a lot of help, a lot of scheduling, a lot of (laughs) training. A lot of finding your rhythm, a lot of being interrupted. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, it's been pretty consistent that way, especially during the like this past year with the Mm -hmm. pandemic, it's been pretty consistent that way working at home in the morning. That's kind of uh, what I like to do, what I try to do. (laughs) 
Well, I know I could keep asking you a million questions, but I'm going to come to my last question that I love to ask everybody. What are you going to learn next? Don't let that freak you out because I know how many things you want to learn. I know. (laughs) But what's the next thing you're going to learn to keep this creative service business expression? I love that. (sighs) I think it's it's some kind of a conglomeration of incorporating and I've been doing it a little bit, but I, I just, my skill level is not quite there yet. Music with illustrated storytelling. Cause I've done a little, a lot of my work is abstract or it's very simple, <laughs> like mm-hmm. flowers and, and that kind of thing. I've been learning how to draw more people. And I just think that there's could be something there of just kind of doing a bit more storytelling and incorporating music into that in some ways. I have no idea what that looks like, but I have been working on my drawing skills. So we'll see. We'll see what that turns into. (laughs) I love that. I can completely see that bringing in your music. I saw on your Instagram that you recorded a song for someone. Yeah. So I I love that. I love that for you. Well, Morgan, thank you so much for telling us about how you create out loud and taking us into your beautiful story of how things are evolving for you. And I can't wait to see what happens next. Well, thank you. I'm so excited. And I I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Thank you. Yet another amazing conversation with another amazing person. It makes me have so much faith in humanity when I have these conversations with all these creative souls. But there's a lot of good people out there doing good work. And Morgan is definitely, definitely one of them. What's your one takeaway? If you had to choose just one in this idea of restrictions, what's the one thing you want to write down or text a friend, put in your calendar to reflect on a couple of times this week for your creative toolkit? For me, it's definitely restrictions and choosing. It's been in my face, in my own business, and my own work, how my not choosing really costs me not only money and and fulfillment, but it, it, it leads to these cycles of near burnout over and over again. And I, I'm done with it and I want to wrestle with it and really come out in a different place this year. So that's my goal. And, and hearing that Morgan wrestles with it really normalized it for me. And she's doing a really good job of making peace with it, even while you could hear how hard it is for her. If you want to go check out Morgan's store where you can buy her new book, How Far Have You Come, her prints, her stickers, all of her great stuff, stationery, who doesn't love stationery, that t-shirt that was on television, it's at garden24.co and 24 are the letters 24, garden24.co and everything is right there. And then follow her on Instagram and you'll get an uplift every time you're over there, if you're over there, if you're on social really not going to wear that miss next week because I have a novelist. Her first novel has debuted at number one. It is a multiple on multiple best of lists picked by Reese Witherspoon, optioned by the Obamas. But it's not a story about success that I'm going to share with you. Angeline Bully is the author of Firekeeper's Daughter. It's been called a native Nancy Drew. It's so much more than that. And her story is a story of self-trust and conviction, hard-earned. And when you listen to the interview with her, I think you're going you're gonna to get like a transmission of what it means to really believe in your own work and yourself. And in the meantime, if you need something else to read, come on over to jenniferloudon.com and you can download the first chapter of my book, Why Bother, for free to help you know it's never too late, you're never too old, and then come back next week and you'll know exactly why that's the perfect lead-in to the next episode.
See you soon.